He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Please all join me in welcoming Lady Adelaide. Hallelujah. I believe that clap was to receive me, but I want us to give a resounding applause to Jesus because he's the reason for our gathering. Give him praise. Those at the back, those in the middle, put your hands together for Jesus. He's Lord. Hallelujah. Shall we share a word of prayer? Father, thank you so much for this hallowed time in your presence. I pray that your will will be done. I pray that the words that I speak to your precious people shall be spirit and it shall be life. Lord, let the word also fall on good soil and let it yield much harvest to the praise of your name. Holy Spirit, I depend on you. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Please take your seats. Good morning to you all. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, and an honor also. So first of all, oh, let me put my phone on silent. First of all, I want to thank God for this privilege of being here with you in the Philippines. And I also want to thank Pastor David Samuel and his wife and Pastora A., and all your pastors and leaders for having my husband and I here. Um, as I said at the main campus, it now feels like family, and the Philippines feels like home because of you. So God bless you, and we are very blessed, very, very blessed to be here. Amen. This morning, I want to speak to you about how you can become a strong Christian. Amen. How you can become a strong Christian. Now, the Bible says in um, Ephesians chapter 6, reading from verse 10, that finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen. And it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against all the wiles of the enemy. Amen? Does it say, finally, my brethren, be strong in politics? Does it say, be strong in business? I need an answer. Does it say, be strong in 
self-development, be strong in the gym, be strong in makeovers, the ladies, it says be strong in the Lord. So every Christian, every child of God can be a child of God or a Christian, but to be strong depends on you and I. Amen. It didn't say, pray that an angel will make you strong. It didn't say, let something fall on you for you to be strong. It said that you be strong in the Lord. God is not against you if you are his child in politics. He's not against you if you are his child in business. But in this verse, he's telling us to be strong in the Lord. Because when we are strong in the Lord, we'll be strong in all the other areas. Amen? And when you are strong in your business and strong in your own personal pursuits, you are not likely to be able to stand against all the wiles of the devil. But when you are strong in the Lord, he empowers you to be able to be strong in all the areas. He says, so that you may withstand the evil day. Amen, somebody. So even though you are a Christian, every Christian has an evil day. Amen. So now, I'm going to talk about how you can be a strong Christian, but with emphasis on how to have a deeper Christian life. Amen. How can we have a deeper Christian life? Now, many of us are born again. Many of us have given our lives to Christ, but we are not deep. And when you are not a strong Christian and you are not deep, the wind can blow you easily. Anything that is light is easily blown about by the wind. Anything that doesn't have weight is easily destroyed. Anything that doesn't have weight doesn't have stamina for this life, but we can become deep Christians in our walk with God. And nobody reaches a place where you say, oh, I know all about God. I'm okay now, Lady Reverend. There's nothing like that. So how can we be deep in God? I want us to turn our Bibles to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Mark is not in the Old Testament, please. Some of us, we know where to get all the good things of this life, but we don't know where to find the books of the Bible. But in the day that Satan attacks you, it's not whether your clothes are designer, it's not whether you are wearing jewelry, it's whether you know God and his word. That is what will save us. Amen. Mark chapter 4. Are we there? If you are there, say yes. If you are not there, say wait for me. Verse 16. And these are they which likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. Amen. And have no root in themselves. And so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. 
Amen. Now, I am sure this is a very popular parable about the parable of the sower. It says that the sower went out to sow seeds, and when he sowed the seeds, some fell on good soil, some fell on the rock, some fell on the path, some fell in different places. But in this particular verse, we are talking about the ones that fell on the rock. And the Bible says that the ones that fell on the rock are the people who, when they hear the word of God, they receive it with joy. And a lot of us modern Christians are like that. When we receive God's word, hallelujah, praise the Lord. We clap, we may even dance, we may even do a catwalk. So that is how we receive the word, which is good. We receive it with joy. Amen. But it is not enough. Just receive the word with joy. When they have heard, they receive it with gladness and yet have no root in themselves. Amen. The Bible is saying these type of people where the, the seed falls on soil, they receive the word of God with gladness. They shout, preach it. They say, Pastor, it was powerful. Pastor, we were so blessed. They receive it with joy. But something else happens. They have no root in themselves. When something is growing and it doesn't have deep roots, any rain, any typhoon, any, um, uh, uh, how do you call it, atmospheric pressures, global warming, all the things we know, can cause that plant to wither. But when it has root in itself, there may be a storm, there may be a flood, but it will stand because the roots go deep. Now, what I find interesting about this verse is that it says the root is in yourself, not in somebody, not even in the church, but in yourself. Amen, somebody. And that is what we don't have as Christians. We have roots in maybe tradition. Maybe my mother and my father were in the church and they brought me along. Maybe roots in even just attending church. But in ourselves, we have no roots. And then what happens to us is that, and so because we have no roots in ourselves, we endure for a time. You see, you become a Christian you gave your life to Christ, you received the word with joy, but because you don't have any root in yourself, when everything is smooth sailing, you are okay. When everything is working, you are okay. And usually, when you get born again, it's like a honeymoon experience. It's so exciting. And it seems that God answers every prayer of the new believer. You are so in love with Jesus and you are flowing. But afterward, afterward, so after a while, the Bible says, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Immediately you fall away. And the reason is that you don't have roots in yourself. So as for affliction, persecution, it is part of the Christian life whether we like it or not. Now, a lot of us like 
3 John, which says that, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. It's, type of, it's part of the word, and it's true, that God wants you to prosper. But God also has other promises in the Bible. He says, They that shall live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. I didn't write the Bible, but it is true. Amen. And when you suffer persecution and you don't have any roots in yourself, you fall away. Amen. But to be a strong Christian, we need to develop deep roots in the Lord. So that is my first point. To be a strong Christian, we need to develop deep roots in ourselves. Now, it's always very nice to talk about success stories, to talk about how great God is and all the great things God has done. I mean, by the grace of God, our church is in 65 or more countries. There are more than 3,000 branches. And the story sounds flowery and very nice. But it has not always been summer. Amen? And life cannot always be summer. Amen, somebody? The Bible says, so far as we live on this planet, seed time and harvest, day and night, summer and winter, they will always be a part of us. So in your work with God, it cannot be that it's always daytime. It cannot be it's always summer. It cannot be that it's always not raining. Jesus has promised us that there will be difficulties in our walk. But when we don't have root in ourselves, then we fall away during the time of difficulty. Amen. So yes, I mean, when people read um, success stories of maybe even a church on the internet, oh, wow, this is a powerful church. Bishop Dag is so anointed. It's all so good. But when... We received the word of God to go into all nations and to make disciples. We started in our church in Ghana. And um, we used to meet in a canteen, an eating place. And sometimes we would come and then the canteen would be locked up because somebody decided not today, the caretaker, whoever it was. So sometimes we would stand outside on the car park, and would have church. And then the people who owned the canteen, which was a medical school, because my husband started in the medical school, sent us a notice that we were being ev evicted from our place of worship. So we started to pray, and as a church, we had no money to move out. And by the grace of God, we got a dilapidated uh, cinema building which had a not-so-pleasant public toilet by it. But we were so happy to just have a place to move to. And we thought that when we move, then we will work on it. So on the day we had to move, my husband draped himself in the banner that announced that we were moving. And we got a brass band. So we received God's word with joy that, you know, God will make room for us, Rehoboth, and we will increase. 
and we danced because it wasn't far. We danced across the street to the new venue. And then we started to work because we had received a word from God. So when you receive a word from God, you are excited. We received it with joy, like the Bible was saying. And gradually, we built up the place, very beautiful. And we put so many beautiful flags of our churches and all that there. We were so excited. Then suddenly, one day, we were in the house where we got a call that all our walls around the church had been mowed down, including the nice flags and everything, by the government. And we didn't have any problem with the government, so we were wondering, what is happening? But the walls were mowed down. The church was attacked on a Sunday when we were having ordination. I mean, everything was going smoothly, and then we just saw some people enter the church They attacked the church physically. Pregnant women passed out. Blood was oozing. And our pastors had to physically defend the church. So when that was happening, then you ask yourself, did you really hear from God? Because you came with joy. You remember, you received the word with joy. And afterward, afterward, persecution and affliction arise. And persecution and affliction arose. And for the government to be against you is not an easy thing. And we didn't understand. And some people in the neighborhood and in the country said, oh, if they prayed more, they would not have such an attack. If they prayed more, things would not But they didn't know our prayer life, but God knew. Amen? And they didn't know our, even our communal prayer lives, but God knew. Anyway, it raged for a long time, and we were so discouraged. So after this attack, you know, when they attacked us, I was somewhere, and my children were in the tower doing children's church, and my husband was in the basement in his office. And then they brought me. Ma'am, you have to come quickly for my safety into the basement. But as I was in the basement, my children were in the tower. And my children are very identifiable in Ghana because of their father's color. They are like you, you know. And the rest of us are like me. So then I didn't know what to do. Although I was in the basement with my husband and we're in the same office, the lights were out for security reasons and we never spoke. We never said, what is happening? What are we going to do? We never spoke. We just spoke in tongues. Because we didn't know. You know, in those times, you don't know how to even frame your prayer topic. So we just spoke in tongues. And I was just praying, Lord, cover my children. Cover us. Have mercy. Cover us. I was praying in tongues. Well, after a while, everything abated. And by the grace of God, my children were okay. But it was the beginning of a very long struggle. And there were times when I thought, when I was working as an attorney and as a lawyer, I didn't have people coming to my office with broken bottles and all. It was more peaceful. But when we received God's word to go forth and make disciples, rather 
persecution and affliction arose. But I believe that by the grace of God, because my husband had roots in himself, not in the things around, not in whoever was powerful, but the root in yourself causes you to endure and to prevail. Not because you are Superman, but because God in you is Superman. And God prepares you by causing you to have roots in yourself. Amen. So it's good to be in a church. It's good to flow. But what is your relationship, your personal relationship with God like? Because it is the root in yourself that will cause you to endure. Amen. Sometimes I look and I think that even when you are a professional, it may go against you because when persecution and affliction arise, you have other options. And you think, I mean, what the heck? Do I have to do this? It is more peaceful somewhere else. Amen? I remember when I resigned as a lawyer to work as a pastor, my children came from school and they said, Mommy, are you and Daddy thieves? And I said, why? So because I told my friends, my mother is now a full-time pastor, and they said, oh, so now both your parents are thieves. And my children said to me, it was cooler when you say, my father is a doctor, my mother is a lawyer, than to go and say, my parents are both pastors. Oh, two thieves. You know, so when you think about it naturally, you say, oh, it's better to be in the secular world. And to serve God full time. But by the grace of God, when you have the root in yourself, affliction will come, persecution will come. But because by the grace of God and your walk with him, he gives you strength and you develop your roots deep down within yourself, the storm passes and you are still standing. Amen. But in this day, in this day and age, we have a lot of shallow Christians whose roots do not go deep. A time of testing will surely come for every Christian. But if you are shallow in the time of testing, you will fall. Amen. And that is because you can't explain the reason why you do some things. If people ask you, so why do you go to church? You don't know the reason. You don't know the biblical and scriptural reason why you do the things you do. That is why when you are angry with your husband, you don't come to church. Because the church is not about your husband. It's about Hebrews 10.25. Not neglecting the assembling of yourselves together as the habit of some of you is. When I look at the Bible, I say, wow. How did the Bible know that the habit of some of you will be to come to church in shifts? You come this week, you don't come next week. It's according to your feelings. But it's because you don't have a root within yourself. You don't know why you come to the house of God. You don't know why you come to church on Sundays. You don't know why you come to church on weekdays. And so because of that, there's no root. So anything that rises, it can even be the storm of sleep. It just takes you over because you are a shallow Christian. I pray that from today, you will not be a shallow Christian. Amen. And being... A Christian with roots in yourself means that you have a personal 
and personal experiences with God. Amen. You can say, the Holy Spirit impressed on me. God spoke to me. God spoke in my heart and said, but when you don't have roots in yourself, you don't know God. So you can't even say, God spoke to me. All that you know is the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but not the God of yourself. You yourself, you don't have a personal God. Every day you say, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. But what about the God of yourself? Because you don't have a personal relationship with him, you are a shallow Christian. Amen. Now, many years ago, a friend of ours, who was very dear to us and very close, went and joined a cult when we were in university. And everybody said, oh, these people are finished, especially my husband, because it was his close friend. And he just came to visit me. And to me, he was saying a lot of strange things. He said, Jesus Christ did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And so he, because he has come to fulfill the law, we have to go back and live under the law. Mind you, he was using scripture. I said, we have to go back and live under the law because Jesus Christ came to fulfill the law. And I asked him, what does it mean? He said, it means we have to wear very long dresses. We have to cover all our necks. We have to do so many rituals. And when I went to my Bible, the Bible said, love is the fulfilling of the law. And that delivered me. Amen. Now here you are. You have no root in yourself. And people come and preach to you and say, oh, only 144,000 are going to heaven. Yeah, you are. You are shallow. You don't know God for yourself. You don't know that sayeth the Lord. You don't know the word. And somebody tells you from the book of Revelations that only 144,000 are going to heaven. But when you read Past that verse, it says, and I saw many nations, and many tongues, and many tribes. But you don't know that. Just, ah, 144, then they have made up the number already. So it means I'm lost. So because you don't know what you believe and why you believe. You don't know why you speak in tongues. You don't know. It's, oh, it's just something they do in the church. Maybe it's just fashion. But Paul said, he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks mysteries unto God. Amen. He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks unto God and not unto men. But you don't know. The church is like a crowd to you and you are just following the crowd. Now, when you follow the crowd, you are a shallow Christian. And when you follow the crowd, you are not likely to end up in the right place. Yes, democracy is good. And I did all the constitutional law and everything which says that democracy is good. But majority is not always right. Amen, somebody. Because the majority in Israel said crucify him. The majority. So if we're going by democracy, then it's right. But as a Christian, you are likely to go against the crowd. You are likely to go against what is popular. But if you know why, why you do what you do, it gives you root in yourself. Amen, somebody. 
Now, I don't know whether it happens here, but in Ghana, people maybe are in a church, and then a visiting pastor comes, or a visiting prophet, and then he prophesies you outside your church. He says, Kebala Mama, I can see something. The Lord is saying, your time here has expired. It's time to move on. The Lord is saying, he's taking you to higher heights. And then, because you have no root in yourself, you follow everything. Today is a prophetic word. Tomorrow is baptism. The next day is break forth. The next day is breakthrough. And the next time is break up. Amen. And that is all because we do not have root in ourselves. But Paul said in Galatians 1, verse 8 and 9. So the first point is you have to have deep roots in yourself in order not to be a shallow Christian. Amen. Galatians chapter 1, verse 8. Paul says, but though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Amen. So sometimes somebody may preach the gospel to you. But after that, the person can also preach another gospel. So Paul says, if we, or even an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you other than that which we have preached unto you, it means that the same person preached the gospel to you, but at a later time preached another gospel to you. And Paul is saying, even if it's an angel from heaven, let the person be accursed. Amen. But we take anything. In Ghana, people are told, you know, you are married to a spirit. That's why you are not getting married. So meet me somewhere in the garden and let me remove your clothes so that it signifies a removal of the former bridal wear and then let me put a new cloak on you. And you go and a man of God removes your dress and puts another dress on you. Because you say, yes, it's true. He says, I'm married in the spirit. But if you are married in the spirit, then the bridal gown should be removed also in the spirit. Amen, somebody. But because you don't have roots in yourself, you move from church to church, from place to place, from prophecy to prophecy, and you do not even end up growing. Amen. But God is calling on us to have roots ourselves. That is why Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Not follow me for who I am. Follow me because of my giftings. Follow me because I'm so charming. Follow me because I do ama amazing miracles. He said, follow me because I follow Christ. Remember that with the children of Israel, when Moses went up in the mountain, Aaron was also a leader, but Aaron made a calf of gold and said to the children of Israel in Exodus chapter 32 from verse 4, he said, These be thy gods, O Israel, 
which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. The Israelites did not have roots in themselves, so they were easily blown away. How can Aaron make a golden calf and tell you that this is the calf that led you out of Egypt? When you were there, when the Red Sea was parted, you were there when the Egyptians drowned, you were there when Miriam sang that prophetic song and led you out, and now Aaron, who is a leader, makes a calf and tells you, these be the gods, O Israel, that led you out of Egypt, and you believe it and you follow it, is because you have no roots within yourself. Amen. But I pray that at the close of this session, you will have a lot of root in yourself. Amen. We shouldn't just follow the crowd. We shouldn't become calf worshippers like in the days of Aaron because they follow the crowd. Many were many murmured and were destroyed in the days of Moses. And the ten spies also followed the crowd, what was popular. But you and I are going to have root in ourselves and we will not be shallow. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, the days of shallowness is over. Now, if we are not shallow, what should we do? We, if we are not going to be empty, what should we do? When you look at Luke 11.25, the Bible talks about an evil spirit that lived in a house. Your house is your life. We know because Jesus gave parables about a house being built on a rock. So your house or your life is represented by a house sometimes in the Bible. So your house, this house had a demon in it. And then the word of God came, the demon was dislodged, and the house became free. But the Bible says the house was swept garnished and everything, but it was left empty. And when the house was empty, the demon that had gone out, it came out, it came back again. Let's read it so that you know that it's true. Luke chapter 11. Luke 11. Are you there? Okay. Verse 26. Then he goeth and taketh to him seven other spirits. Seven other spirits. Not seven other women. Not seven other men. Because we are involved in a fight in the spiritual realm. Amen? So seven other spirits more wicked than himself. So the first demon who was the tenant in the house now goes out and brings seven other demons, spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. What happened? When you read from verse 24, it said that when the evil spirit is gone out of a man, he walks through dry places seeking rest. Hmm? And finding none, he says, I will return unto my house, which is our lives. Where I came out of, and when he comes, 
he finds it swept and garnished. So you have become born again. Your house is swept. Your house is garnished. But you have not filled it with anything. And when the house is empty, you are shallow. And when you are shallow, demons easily find a home in you. Amen, somebody. Say minus me. Satan will not find a place in me. So when the evil spirit comes, it finds it swept. It goes to bring seven more demons. Because you didn't fill your heart with anything. So when you become born again, you should grow. You should become a stronger Christian. You should furnish your house. You should fill your house with something. Amen. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 19 says, And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. So as a Christian, fill your heart with the word. Fill your heart with his presence. Fill your heart with the Holy Spirit. Fill your heart so that when the evil spirit comes back, it will read no vacancy. Amen. Because it is only when there are vacant beds that you can have a guest. Amen, somebody. So in order to be a strong Christian, one, you must have roots in yourself. Two, you must be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen, somebody. Now, I don't like to just say, be filled with all the fullness of God without sharing practically what it means to be filled with the fullness of God. Now, sometimes people ask my husband, so what is the secret of, if you like, your success? What is the, the secret of what God has used you for? And his constant answer is, my personal quiet time. And then people say, oh, no, we need a more powerful revelation. We need something. It can't it can be your personal quiet time. So he wrote a little book, which is called The Secret. And in The Secret, he just talks about his quiet time. Now, sometimes I also get asked, Lady Reverend, how can I be strong? How can I be a strong Christian? And when I tell people, work on your personal relationship with God. Oh, I thought you were going to give me a prophetic word. I thought you were going to give me a revelation. I thought you were going to say something more powerful. But, I mean, something as basic as your personal work with God. But that is when we will have roots in ourselves and survive. Amen. Now, we need to have a personal relationship. Exodus chapter 34. Exodus chapter 34. Go back to my Bible. Exodus chapter 34. Are we there? God was speaking to Moses and giving him instructions. Exodus chapter 34. God told Moses, verse 2, Be ready in the morning 
and come up in the morning unto Mount Sinai and present thyself there to me on the top of the mount. And no man shall come up with thee. Neither let any man be seen throughout all the mount. Neither let the flocks nor herds feed before that mount. Amen. God seeks private moments with you and I. And in talking to Moses, don't come with even flocks or heads. Or, let no man be with you. I need a one-on-one -on -one with you. Most intimate moments, even between husband and wife, are one-on-one. -on -one. Amen, somebody. It is the same with your intimate moments with God. And God is calling you to have precious time in your life. Every day to have a personal relationship with him. And he says, when you are coming, don't come with any man, not even your husband, not even your wife. Some people think that when a husband and wife are married in the ministry, there's a shared anointing. Hmm? Say, so, oh, uh, uh, it's a shared anointing. So when your husband prays, then by osmosis, you have also prayed. When your husband seeks God, then by osmosis, you have also sought God. It's not like that. Each person will stand as an individual before the throne of God and before his judgment. Amen, somebody. So I can't go and stand before God and say, oh God, you know, Bishop Dag used to wake up and pray, so his prayers covered me. Remember Adam and Eve? When God came to the garden, he didn't say, Oh, Mr. and Mrs. Adam, so what happened? He said, Adam, what did Adam said, the woman you gave me. He asked Eve individually. Eve said, it's the serpent. We keep blaming somebody else up to today. But my point is, God wants to know you as an individual. Yes, you are part of COP. Yes, you are part of a church. But there's something called coming to God on your own and in his presence on your own. There are times when I've needed God and my husband is not there. He has gone on crusades. Amen. There are times when I'm calling him, and it's not because he's a bad husband, but he's on the podium preaching, and therefore his phone is on silent, and therefore he cannot reach me, and I cannot reach him. So in those times, when Satan is knocking on your door, you have no root in yourself. You don't know how to use the name of Jesus. You don't know how to use the word to make battle. You say that you are under the anointing of Bishop Dag. What are you going to do? He's on crusades. But God, who never leaves you nor forsakes you, when you call on him, he will answer. And that is why we must know him personally for ourselves. So one of the ways, in fact, the key way of overcoming shallowness and having root in yourself is to have a personal relationship and a personal time with God. Amen. I mean, it's okay to come for fellowship and to do all that, but it takes your personal time with God to develop some root in yourself. Now, how do we develop? He says that don't come with any man. Don't come with anybody. Some of us women, we go into our closets and we carry our babies because sometimes we can't help it. But the most quality time is when you spend it in God's presence 
alone with him, then God can speak to you and God can tell you powerful things. When Jesus was on this earth, Mark 1 verse 35, Mark 1 verse 35, is the screen helping me? And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a crowded place and departed into a place with friends and departed into a place with a lot of people around him and departed into a solitary place. And there he prayed. Amen. We all need solitary places because the way the world is going, we are not going to win our battles by physical um, weapons. We are going to win our battles on our knees. We are going to win our battles with the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. Now you, when Satan comes knocking, you don't have the word. You say, ah, what pastor was preaching last Sunday? When Satan says, so this, you, you, you can't counter. I said, what pastor was preaching? Oh, it was powerful. Oh, but, you know, I can't remember. But Jesus, the son of God, who is the word of God, the Bible says Satan came to him. And Jesus said, it is written, not pastor said, not Bishop Doug said, not Lady Reverend said, but it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from, if the word of God memorized scripture, then how much more you and I? Jesus, who is the word? John 1. Huh? He memorized the word of God and he used it as a sword of the spirit. And we, when we are tempted, we don't even know God's word, God's mind. We are just there. He said, oh, let me call pastor. Pastor's phone is out of coverage area because he has gone to another island. Oh, I can't find pastor. Okay, let me call my connect group leader. Your connect group leader is in a meeting. Her phone is on silent. Oh, my dear, my God. What am I going to do? Ooh, I'm finished. You are not finished. If you will know the word of God, if you will meditate on the word of God, if you will invest in your personal work with God, you will have roots in yourself. Amen. And you will even know why you do some things. I pray that God will help us. Now in Matthew chapter 26, from verse 40, Jesus said unto his disciples, What? Could you not watch with me for one hour? That means that every Christian should at least have the objective, the vision, the aim of spending at least one hour in his presence. Spending one hour praying. But you spend one hour on the iPad, one hour on the internet, one hour on pornography, one hour on television, one hour on makeovers, your makeup, you take one and a half hours. But when the devil comes, it's not your Mary Kay, it's not your Mark makeup that will drive him out. It is the thus saith the Lord that will drive him out. Amen. What? Could you not wait with me for one hour? And then verse 41. 
Watch and pray. He gave us the reason why. That you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, well, I don't know about here, but in Ghana, we like to quote it. Oh, Lady Reverend, it's not me. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is just weak, you know? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is just weak. But he told you what to do about it. He said, pray therefore, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation because as for the spirit, it is willing. The flesh, it is weak. But when you watch and pray, it helps you and I to overcome temptation. No wonder we are falling into temptation everywhere because we have no roots in ourselves. So when Satan comes, we are shallow. We give in to every desire. We give in to every lust. We give in to anything we like. Any wind can blow us. But if we will only spend time in his presence, watching and praying. You know, I know that prayer makes a difference. So I'm just looking at the outcome for Peter and for, um, for Jesus. The same people. Peter was asleep. Huh? And Jesus prayed through. So when the temptation came, Jesus stood the test of time. And Peter and the rest, the other disciples, they went under. So it shows me the power of prayer. Hallelujah. So in the solitary place, you spend time in his word. In the solitary place, you spend time praying. And in the solitary place, God will speak to you. God speaks to you primarily through his word. And you begin to have a storehouse of his word within yourself. Sometimes even what you study on that day, you won't use it today. It's a storehouse. Later, when persecution and affliction arise, then that word will rise up in you. Amen, somebody. If we will spend time in his presence, we will not be shallow Christians. Now, Lady Reverend, you say it as if it's very easy. Colossians chapter 4 verse 12. Walking with God is not easy, but anything in life is not easy. When you were studying in university, when you were studying in high school, was it easy? Like Pastor David was saying when he was taking the offering, he said that when you don't put in much effort, you don't abound. So when you don't put in much effort in school, you don't do well. And when you put in much effort, you get an A. So in walking with God, there's something called laboring. And Paul said, Epaphras, who is one of you, one of us, a servant of Christ saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Epaphras labors fervently in prayer. Prayer is labor. Prayer is work. Prayer is not a picnic. Prayer is not always easy. When you are in distress, it's easy. God is a spare tire. When your other tire bursts, then you start to look for him and to look for your spare tire. But if we will labor fervently in prayer, prayer is work. It's not a picnic. It's not swimming at the pool. It is work. But it will cause us to have roots in ourselves. Amen. Finally, three strategies 
for a successful quiet time. Number one, set a practical, unchangeable, and regular time for your quiet time. Set a practical, unchangeable, and regular time for your quiet time. Yes, sometimes it will change a bit, but habits are formed by doing things continually. Amen. So when you set a practical, unchangeable, and regular time for your quiet time to meet God, it means you are going for an important meeting, and it will become a part of you, just like maybe brushing your teeth. Amen. Pray to begin your quiet time. I'm teaching you how to have a personal time with God. Pray to begin your quiet time. Psalm 119 verse 18. Open thou my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy holy law. Number two, read a passage from the Bible expecting God to speak to you. Read a passage from the Bible expecting God to be... Some people have daily devotionals. Some people choose a book from the Bible. Some people choose a personality from the Bible. I mean, different ways of going about it. Amen? And then meditate on his word. Spend time in his presence and you will see that you are growing in the things of God. Amen, somebody. Now, these things look so simple. But it is the simple things that are powerful. And it is the simple things that have helped me to where I am. Amen. It is also my secret. And that has made me grow. When you meditate in the word, Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate upon it day and night. It's just like the tablets the, dry, the doctor gives you. He writes three times a day, two times a day. Take with food, take without food, take before food. It's the same with the word of God. And Ephesians 6 says, the word of God is a sword of the spirit. Sometimes in life, things come against you. Sometimes in life, things occur to you. Sometimes in ministry, people do things that hurt you. And you feel like retaliating. But when you read the word... The Bible will tell you in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4, love suffers long and is kind. So that will change your mind. Oh, wow. Love suffers long and is kind. That is a root within you. And because of that word, you behave contrary to how the world will behave. And Satan cannot be footballing you around or throwing you around like basketball because you will have a root within yourself. I pray that in spite of all the church we do, in spite of all the programs we do, we will know God for ourselves. And we will not be tossed to and fro by any wind of doctrine. If there's any time that we should know God, it's this time. If any time that Christians should be stronger, it's these times. So everybody is confused. Uh, all sorts of things are coming up and people don't know the truth. But Jesus said you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I pray that from today, you will not be a shallow Christian. A shallow Christian, when you say, let's go and work, let's go and evangelize, you say, I want to be paid. How can I volunteer? I can't go and visit. They must give me transport money. But when Jesus was sending his disciples, he said, don't take anything, just go. The laborer is worthy. God will take care of you. Amen. 
And all that comes from being a deep Christian. I pray, COP, that as we are individually strong, we will begin to build a strong church and to bring the Savior in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand to your feet, please. I want you to talk to God yourself. You know where you are at. Some of us are very good at anything community. But the personal relationship with God is a problem. We are busy about the work of the Lord and we have left the Lord of the work. But God is calling us back to the Lord of the work. And I pray that Jesus will be Lord in our lives again. Amen. Start to pray, ask God, make me deep, give me roots in myself, help me to spend time in your presence, help me not to respond to things that seem urgent, let me know that my time with you is important and is precious, give me grace to meditate on your word and to pray, and I believe that God will hear you. Wanna be more like you, Jesus? I, Lord, I wanna be more like you. Such be a vessel that you work through. I wanna be more like you. Oh, Jesus, I, Lord, I want to be more like you. Jesus, I want to be more like you. Let this be your prayer. I want to be more like you. I want to be a vessel you work through. Lift up your hands and say, as your savior you've been coming to church but you know that if you were to die today you are not sure whether you will go to heaven or hell you know that your life is not where it should be with God you want to say lady reverend this morning pray for me I want to know Jesus as my personal savior I want to open my heart and allow Jesus to come into my life Lady Reverend, I need a new beginning and a new life in Jesus Christ. Every eye closed and every head bowed. You are like that here this morning. Just lift up your hands and I'll pray for you. God bless you. I see your hands. Let it go high up above your shoulder. God bless you. God bless you. God reach out to you where you are. God bless you for putting up your hands. And from where you are, just take one more bold step. Come forward and give me the privilege 
of praying for you. You raised up your hand. Come. Come to Jesus. All those that raised up their hands, come. Forget about who is on your left, who is on your right. Jesus is reaching out to you. Come. I saw you all. Come. Come to Jesus. Come to the fountain that never runs dry. Come to him who satisfies. Come to Jesus. Encourage them. Heaven is rejoicing. Let us also rejoice. Come. Come to Jesus. Come. Come to the fountain that never runs dry. Come quickly. Come quickly. Jesus is here. He's reaching out to you. close your eyes and let this prayer be your prayer to God. God's ears are open and he's listening and God will answer when you call. You want to say Jesus. Jesus. This morning. This morning. I come to you. I come to you. Just as I am. Just as I am. Jesus, take my life. Jesus, take my life. And come into my life. And come into my life. And be the Lord. And be the Lord. The Savior. The Savior. And the Master. And the Master. Of my life. Of my life. Forgive me. Forgive me. For all my sins. For all my sins. And wash me. And wash me. In your precious blood. In your precious blood. Jesus. Jesus. Today. Today. I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for dying on the cross. For dying on the cross to save me. To save me. Thank you. Thank you for rising from the dead. For rising from the dead so that I so that I may have eternal life. May have eternal life. And thank you. Thank you that by this prayer by this prayer I have become a child of God. I have become a child of God. Satan, Satan, listen to me carefully. Listen to me carefully. I will no longer serve you. I will no longer serve you. I break every chain. I break every chain with you. With you. Christ has set me free. Christ has set me free. And I'm free indeed. And I'm free indeed. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Please, who should they go to? Please follow the, and go to the Yada room and they'll speak to you briefly and then you come back and join us. This way, God bless you. God bless you. And God make you deep within yourself. Amen. This way. And if you are still in the congregation, I want to pray for you. Father, I pray for your people. Deliver us from the deceitfulness of riches, the love for other things, and all the things that come in to choke your word. I pray for a new beginning, Lord. I pray that we will not be deceived by the hectic pace of this life. But Lord, we will always find that solitary place where we can find you. Cause us to meditate on your word 
which is the sword of the Spirit, and cause us to grow strong in the Spirit man, so that nothing will move us. Lord, let your children be steadfast and movable, always abounding in your work because of that personal and strong and spiritual relationship with you. Thank you for a new beginning, a new seeking after you, and for a new breed of Christians who know you for themselves. For your word says, my God, the people that do know their God shall work strong and do exploits. Let that be our portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.